Good morning. You can hear me, right? Stage one is complete. So um, I want to say good morning. That's the first thing. Secondly, I want to thank the pastors here for an opportunity to kind of speak to you all this morning. And I want to say welcome online and all the good stuff online. Hi. So what we're going to do this morning in about 25-ish or so minutes is we're going to have a little experiment. That experiment is going to be me working out as we go whether I do this or whether I do this. When you get asked to speak, your head goes into all this thing about what have I got to say and Lord, what do you want me to do? What are the scriptures? What are the really profound messages that I need to bring so the people can be set free? And you write down something and then you look at it the second time and you go, hmm, (laughs) hmm. So you're going to go with me this morning. Is that fine? Sweet. Let's start with a scripture. Why not? Mark 11, 23 says, truly I tell you, If anyone says to these mountains, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. That's a powerful statement, right? That's the lifeblood of Christianity. That's what the gift of God in our lives is. Is that faith? Today I want to speak about faith in fear, faith in the fear of failure, faith, faith, fear, and failure. Something in your mind, put those three together in a really pretty way. I couldn't quite work it out myself. So put those three together in a really pretty way. And the reason I start with that scripture in Mark is because it's the it's the war cry in personal Christianity. It's this thing that says, whatever is going on in our lives, I, as a son or a daughter of the Most High King, can command my environment. If, the caveat is, if I believe. The assumption there is that we believe in Jesus, because Jesus, by this time in the New Testament, has now come. There's a second scripture. Again in Mark 9, it says, Jesus says, or if you can, Jesus says, everything is possible for the one who believes. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. If you've been following the summer season... Um, we've had four really, really powerful messages. And every time I've listened to them, I've gone, oh, you've kind of stolen a bit of my thunder there. (laughs) Helen spoke to us week one about Abide, uh, which was brilliant. Johnny Abbott came and spoke to us on kindness. Gabrielle spoke about not trusting ourselves and following God and forgiveness. And Mike spoke last week about having a childlike faith. And for me, all of those things kind of led to this point today. To talk about faith in the fear of failure. The fear of failure is one of those massive things that robs us of exercising our faith. The scripture in Mark 9 is about 
there's this guy, Jesus, and some of his disciples, three of his disciples, Paul, uh, James, and John. They're hanging out. They're doing some wonderful things, as you do if you're with Jesus, because he's quite wonderful. And they come back to meet the other disciples who've been hanging out in these crowds and preaching the good news. And there is a father who has a son who's having a bad time. And they're having this conversation. Jesus picks up on this conversation. And Jesus says, what's the matter? And the father says, look, you've got these disciples who've been hanging around with you for quite some time now. I would have liked to have thought that some of your greatness would have rubbed off on them. I came to them with a problem. They couldn't solve it. Can you, please? So Jesus says, can I? And I had to read that twice. First time I read that, I read it as a... If you, the, the word says, if you can. And that's almost Jesus saying, what kind of ridiculous question is that? But those are the questions we ask the Lord, right? Lord, please pay my bill, can you? Lord, if you wouldn't mind awfully, can you sort out my neighbour? Because their kids keep throwing the ball over the fence. I'm not happy about it. Jesus says, are you sure? Is that the right question to be asking? All things, everything, is possible if we believe. So let's take for granted that we now believe that. We now accept that everything is possible so I can do all things in Christ. Everything is possible for me if I believe. The next thing we do, or I do, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say where. I'm going to say I. The reason I'm going to say I is because I know that none of y'all is having these same crises of the faith like me. All of you are heavenly and working in the heavens with the Lord. So I shall share a testimony about me, and then you can all pray for me. And if it resounds with you afterwards, you can stand with me for prayer. How's that sound? That's better, right? There's no judgment here, right? Okay, cool. So the next thing I do is I say, yes, everything is possible if I believe. And if I tell the mountain to go and throw itself into the sea, it will do it because I believe. And then I say, mm, everything. My brain converts that to some things. Some of the time, perhaps. And I stop believing in everything because the mountains are really high. I was recently uh, abroad and looking at some lovely mountains. And do you know what I realized about mountains? Two things. They're very big. And they're very solid. I can't pick up mountains. I just can't do it. I haven't tried because that would make me look ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. It's not a thing. But they are really, really big. And so if I'm going to go up against a mountain, I'm almost convinced I'm going to lose. And because that is my perspective, that changes my definition of everything. All of a sudden, in my Christian walk, 
My everything becomes everything that I can do is possible if I believe. Therefore, God almost becomes my bankroller. The Lord now becomes my co-signee in the things that I am able to do. Which is not everything. And thus our faith gets distorted. You with me so far in my personal journey, which doesn't involve any of you? Cool. Beautiful. So, let's talk about faith for a little while. Faith. Definitions of faith. Complete trust and or confidence in something or someone. In here, our confidence is in. And this is why I gave my testimony, because our confidence is in. Okay, that'll do. I'll take it. The second one is a strong belief in the doctrine of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. The Bible tells us very clearly that faith is the substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things that can't seen. In layman's terms, I believe in something that I can't see, touch, feel, or grasp. And to extend that for the Christian, I believe in someone who is able to do things that I can't see, feel, touch, or grasp. Fear. What is our definitions of fear then? Fear, false evidence appearing real. I think my wife told me that once. She's a genius. Things which are not real, appearing real to me, which stop me from doing the things that God has already given me to do because it's not in my wheelhouse to do. Because my vision is too small. Because now my everything is only the things I can do. So I will step down from here because I can make it. But I dare not jump to the carpet. Because in today's land, this is not anime. This is not Marvel. I've got no wire work that's going to take me to the carpet. So now my everything is, not Lord, take me to the carpet, but Lord, I'm going to jump. Help me not to roll my ankle. Help me not to pull a muscle. Not Lord, take me to the end of the... Does that make sense? Cool. So, failure. This is the other thing. Fear is almost always combined with failure. Failure is this weird concept. It's really, really strange concept. And it's based on... Let's do the definition first. The fear of failure is the lack of success and the neglect or omission of an expected or required action or end. Failure is this weird, made-up construct. Failure is a made-up construct. Failure is a made-up thing because success is a made-up thing. Success is relative to you, where you are at this point in this time. So if I'm not a billionaire by the time I'm 25 on my next birthday, (laughs) then I have not succeeded in a set 
of goalposts that I put on myself. And so I work all my life to meet this goal, which I've made for myself, and then I don't get it, and now I'm depressed because I didn't succeed at this thing that I gave to myself. So I restricted myself, and then I allowed myself to be depressed about the thing that I made for, the cage that I made for myself. Or I see your cage, and because my life doesn't follow your path or your cage, I now feel down because I didn't meet your measure of success, which had nothing to do with me or what God wanted for my life. Success is a fabricated construct. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying that goals are not important. I'm not saying that it's not vital in your life to find things to strive for, to have dreams or ambition. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if we accept the form of success, then you must accept the concept of failure. In this life, we, we kind of go along with this thing that failure is a failure. We have this thought that we must avoid failure at all costs. If you speak to any millionaire, the first thing they'll tell you is, fail well. Anyone who's rich or who has succeeded will tell you, do not fear failure. Because in failure, you grow. The first thing they'll tell you. So then why, as a Christian, or as a follower of Christ, or as just human beings, do we allow our faith to be inhibited, to be stopped, to be stunted by our fear of failure? For those of us who kind of came to, have come to Christ, or are doing anything, the two categories. So there's us who are the Christians, um, and if that's you in the room, praise God, and there's some of us who aren't Christians, and if that's you in the room or online, then praise God, in time, God is doing something in your lives. Um, but we have, there's sort of three kind of journeys that we have, um, and thanks to James and the, the team who have helped me with these graphs, because my tech knowledge is terrible. Uh, the first one is you come to Christ and you've got uh, this amazing, you have this amazing experience and you know, you used to smoke and drink and party and you come to Christ and all of a sudden the love of Christ hit you, bam! And now you don't do any of that stuff, you're totally delivered, whoop, over time, this really short time, now you're living in victory, you're living in the promises of God, everything is sunny all the time and you're out there laying hands on people and you're evangelizing and hallelujah, it's great! Uh, that wasn't me. But that's the dream, right? That's the Christian dream. That's what we all strive for. Before you came to Christ, that's what they told you was going to happen, right? That's what they told you. Yeah, they told me that too. Okay. There's the, the second one, which is a slightly more gradual thing. We're kind of now walking with God. Now, we didn't just jump to the clifftop. We're kind of trying to work some stuff out. And we're getting there. How are you doing, Joel? Praise the Lord. Day by day, I'm walking in his grace. 
day by day we're getting there, right? Uh, yeah, this is a little bit more. This, this next one's me. I'm doing this. Anyone else? Okay, yeah, I've always just me. This one is me. Bam! The Lord delivered me today, Lord. I'm never going to do that thing again, ever. Oh my goodness, how could I have failed you so badly, Lord Jesus? That, and then the next morning, oh Lord. <laughs> Let's have a chat. This is the killer of faith. Because when we come to Christ, we fail to account for our human nature. The heart of man is desperately wicked. We have this thing in us called a sin nature, which is why we need Jesus, because that's what Jesus delivers us from. And that's why we need to walk by faith, not jump to the top, not take an elevator or a transporter. We need to walk by faith. We need to work out our own stuff with fear and trembling, with God. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to come in day by day and fill us and keep filling us and keep moving and keep stepping. I didn't do it. I did it a little bit less than I did last time, but thank you, that's a victory. Let's go again, Lord. It's like any relationship. Any relationship that you have on the earth takes work. Yeah, okay, I will. Yeah. My wife's looking at me because she knows what's coming. Okay, so any relationship on the earth except mine. My marriage is fantastic. Um, but when I got married, I expected graft one. <laughs> I didn't get it. Obviously my fault. Um, but what I found was that my expectation and my faith in the institution of my marriage was something I couldn't live up to. And therefore, I needed to walk with my wife in grace to keep learning. We've been married now for... 12 years, 12 and a half years. Yeah. 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 Feels, feels longer. Feels longer. Because it's great, that's what I'm saying. Because it's great. Time is slow, that's what I'm saying, it's great. Um, but we are still having discussions now that we were having before we got married. But yet... I still need the faith or love to work through and keep that good. Does that make sense? Does that analogy work? Praise the Lord, because I made it up. <laughs> so what I'm saying is this. Look, the other thing about Christianity is that there are so many things that we already know. There are so many scriptures which tell us, don't worry about it. Neither height nor depth nor anything else in creation are able to separate you from the love of God. And yet we still feel lonely. I can do all things 
through him that gives me strength. And I still feel weak. Come to me, all you who are weary and are burdened, and I will give you rest. And we still feel tired. There is no fear in love. I just want to focus on that. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Why are we afraid? I think sometimes we are afraid because we... When I, when I said failure is often linked to fear, I think we give our fear a label. We give it a construct. We give it a body. Failure is often that body. If I don't love my wife, I'm failing in my marriage. If I don't get promoted, I'm failing in my job. If I don't have a job, I'm failing as a person or as a provider. If I don't speak to my family, I'm failing as a father. If my children aren't successful, I failed as a mother. If I don't achieve this, then I failed as that, and so on and so on. I think it goes beyond that. I think there is a, a real issue about fear caused by lack of love. If I fail, who can love me? And that's why there's no fear in, in uh, there's no fear in love, because Jesus loved us though we failed. That's the peace. Our fear is always, always, always about an accomplishment of something. It's always product-based. It's always based on an outcome. Love is not. So our faith becomes inhibited by our fear because we worry that our failure stops God from loving us. Often because we can't love ourselves or we don't know how to love ourselves or because somebody told us that they would not love us. And therefore, if I fail, I am now unlovable. That's such a powerful message that so many of us believe. I am unlovable. That is a lie. That is a lie. Faith in Jesus is not based on your lovability. Our faith in Jesus is based on God's ability to love. 
our faith is not based on our lovability, our ability to be loved. It is based on the master and the savior and the creator of the heavens' ability to love us. And as soon as we lose sight of that, as soon as we buy into my right standing and my rightness and my holiness or my ability to achieve or succeed or to uh, help or to do or to be or to act or to feel or to do something, we lose sight of God's vast ability to love us. And that's the only thing there is. That's the reason that we can do all things in Christ. That's the reason that we can do all things, everything becomes possible. Because he loves. Just because he loves. The only failure, if there is such a thing, in our faith is when we fail to acknowledge that fear and give that to Jesus. Because that's the only target we've been given. Give ourselves to Jesus. It's the only thing he's asked us to do. It's the one thing we're here for. To give ourselves to him. In worship, in praise, in time, in prayer, in faith, in giving. Give of our whole self. You cannot fail in that. And then we'll turn that into, well, I'll do two minutes. Or I prayed for five, but I didn't pray for an hour. Oh my goodness, woe is me. But again, then we've just put that construct on. Because actually, it says pray without ceasing. It doesn't say pray for five or ten minutes. So our lifestyle then becomes that construct. We give of our lives to the master. And in that, your faith rises. Your fear of failure will decrease. Because you, you can't fail at it. Does that make sense? I... This is a challenge for me. Um, and in a little while, I will uh, probably ask Sarah to come up and we can do some ministry time. And the reason I want to be really honest about this, this message for me has been a toughie. Because as soon as the word came, I was afraid. Weird, isn't it? I was immediately afraid. Lord, am I going to say the right thing? Am I going to make it about me, Lord? Am I going to, are people going to be saved? Are people going to be delivered? No, 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 no. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and up until this morning, I didn't know what I was really going to say. Again, there's a genius I know who may or may not be sitting in the second row who said to me, Just open your mouth. 
If you have a fear of failure, just open your mouth. What does that mean? It means just do Jesus. Dot, dot, dot. Lord, I'm afraid of a job. It's a job I want. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I don't know if I'm good enough. Just do Jesus. Put it in. Put Jesus on it. Put it in. Lord, I'm afraid of um, speaking to that family member because they've been not very nice to me and this has been a long-standing thing and this thing has really hurting me to my core. And if I don't fix it, then how can I call myself a mother or a father or a brother? Faith and love is not results, but it's not a results-based business. Faith in Jesus is not a results-based business. What do I mean? If I step out in faith, I'm doing the work of the Lord, or I'm doing what I believe God has done. Uh, what the Lord has told me to do. The result is not my responsibility. The result is not my responsibility. The Lord gives me a word for the church. I immediately think that word must mean this deliverance. And therefore, if I don't see this deliverance, I've got it wrong. Mm -mm. Give the word. Do the thing. What has God asked you to do? Do the thing. The results are his business. Take the pressure off yourself. Let the Lord do his bit. We should do ours. Our bit is to do Jesus.